the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to Conversations with Cynthia. Cynthia Hyatt is a relationship expert, executive consultant, and life management coach. Cynthia Hyatt uses her 30 years of experience as a licensed psychotherapist to now offer in-office or concierge services through executive life coaching, consulting, and image management in order to help you be your own best version. Cynthia also specializes in speaking to groups worldwide about how to be successful in relationships, as well as artfully handling life's challenges. She has had many opportunities to present numerous educational seminars and lectures on a variety of motivational, inspirational, and mental health topics around the world. Please take a moment to visit her website at CynthiaHyatt.com. That's Cynthia, H-I-E-T-T dot com. Her Facebook page at Cynthia Hyatt Incorporated for current events, updates, and inspiration during your week, as well as all social media platforms. You can hear this show as a podcast on iTunes and many other podcast services. Follow her on Facebook and Instagram. Now, with today's fresh insight, here's Cynthia Hyatt. Well, good afternoon. Thank you so much for joining me today. I always appreciate, and I tell you this, I know I tell you this every week, but I really do appreciate you listening to the shows and sending them to your friends and family and really being able to take advantage of this and help us all be the best version of ourselves, and to really be able to take care of ourselves, to understand ourselves, and to make sure that we are interacting with the people that we love in a way that also builds them up and causes them to want to be the best version of themselves. So today we are going to talk about the time paradox or the paradox of time. And it's always been very, very intriguing to me, this issue of time, that it never stops and it doesn't like have a hiccup. It just keeps tracking time. And it's, it's fascinating. See, in earlier times, what time did was pace us. Now we can move faster, multitask at a rate that is not even human. I mean, how does this affect our psyche? We are seemingly not bound by time. And in the past, we were bound by how fast we could move. And now in our minds, we are so far into the future that we don't even do the moment that we are in. So for our predecessors, time bound them because the human pace is three miles an hour. That's how fast a normal human walks. Now they can run, but the pace for humans is three miles an hour. So I've, did, I've done a show before on this idea of the three mile an hour God, because that was Jesus. And look at how much work he got done on this earth just walking three miles an hour. 
So <clears throat> for our predecessors, you know, time bound them because the human pace is that three miles an hour. And so they were bound by time. And we are no longer facing this paradox in the same way our predecessors did. When the sun went down, there was little they could do but enjoy the day's work and rest for tomorrow. Today, we are so far ahead of the day. We are in many times we miss the day we just endured and use the evening and the night to plan for the next day or year, etc. And so you can see how this is so very different than what what the world used to be. And so we are so far ahead of ourselves, we're barely even in the moment that we're in. And so the day we just endured, we use the evening and the night to plan for the next day, year, etc. We oftentimes don't even know what day we are in. And I know that's happened to me where I'm like, now what, wait, what day am I in this week right now? And it's amazing how, we, how our minds can go someplace that our bodies cannot go. And so I want you to think about this. I want you to think about how you plan the evening and the night and the next day and the year. And we oftentimes don't even know what day we are in in that moment because we are so far ahead in the future or we're way back in the past lamenting all these things that cannot be undone or changed. So when we think about this, I want you to say, I want you to think about the effect of time. See, all the while we're missing the fact that we are in time. We are locked in time. Now, we can imagine being outside of time. We can imagine going faster than time. But time is a set condition. And so when, when we're not realizing or honoring the fact that we are not outside of time, we are actually in time. It's as if we are thumbing a ride and, and time has picked us up and we're unable to be timeless. See, time is on its own journey and is bound by something far greater than us. We are trapped in time until we die. So we only have memory of time. And it keeps moving forward, giving us more memories, more experiences, more opportunities to learn. And we must be as honest as possible regarding time in order to be able to truly honor the journey it's on while we travel with time. And see, it may be on its own journey as well. Who knows what time is doing? But now time gives us the impression that we can speed it up, slow it down, or actually stop it. And the reality is, we have no control over time. We can only respect time, but we can't make it go faster. We can't make it go slower. We can't even go back and redo a moment in time. It's already gone. So whether we respect it or disrespect time, it is on its own journey. And we are arrogant to think that we can control time. So I want you to think about this issue of trying to control time. It's like a containment issue. And, and the necessity of us letting go of that and recognizing that this is like a river. Why are we fighting it? I mean, now, when I say that out loud, I know why I'm fighting it. <laughs> so I know that we all fight it. So instead of taking advantage of it, I fight time. But it's pacing me. Time is actually on my side. It's not against me. 
And time has its own calling, its own journey, and it's kind enough to let us piggyback on it versus resisting our own inertia. See, time gives me time. It doesn't want me to miss out. It's like being a passenger in a car. Just relax, enjoy the ride. Time gives me time. And I need to stop fighting time if I'm really going to take advantage of what time is offering me. See, many of us resist time similar to swimming upstream against the flow, right? It never works. And so this is one of those things that we have to have some acceptance about. And I want you to think about this for a minute. The greatest tragedy would be that someone who has died and has never lived. And what my concern is, is that we are so in our head and so thinking about the next day, the next month, the next year, the next century, that we're not even recognizing that we are in time. And so the, the greatest tragedy is someone who's died and has never lived. Or how about this? You know, it, it's, a gr- it's a grave shame if you were to die without ever truly living. You just kept thinking, it's out there, it's out there, and someday I'll get it and then I'll be happy. It's the if only then. And so don't judge your mom or dad or your, you know, siblings or neighbors or whoever. If they could have done better, they would have. You know, I have found that if a person could do better, they would. (laughs) Why wouldn't they have done better? It doesn't make any sense. See, on the other hand, there are ways that we could have been better. And so we can look back in history and say, hey, I only want that to happen in my life one time. I can choose to not redo that way in that way. I can choose. I can learn. So this is where we want to think about our parents, you know, our educated people many times. And you have to believe if they could have done better with you, they would have. Why why wouldn't they have done better? See, you know, humans are, are hardwired for success hardwired for good feelings. So when I see someone really messing up, I have to think to myself, what is going on with that person? Nobody wants to mess up that badly. Nobody wants to be known for their mistakes. And so your parents, I'm sure, are educated people. You have to believe that if they could have done better, they would have. I'm sure that my my mom many times looks at my, me and my two brothers, and she thinks, wow, if I only would have known that, I would have parented them differently. See, this doesn't mean we lower the standard, because their best may not have been great. It means that we hold a standard that is the shoulda, coulda, would if only then. And what we want to do is we want to say, I need to forgive what wasn't there. I need to forgive what didn't happen. I can't go back in time and redo it. So the greatest gift I can give myself and the greatest reward I can give to time is to take advantage of it. And this is why this is so important that you honor yourself by being honorable because you're going to be with you for eternity. So you can't cover a sin 
if you're in denial about it. So think about that. Love covers a multitude of sin. This is what God is saying. He doesn't say he covers a mul- that he's, he's covering a multitude of nastiness. He's saying, I'm covering all sin. It's a multitude of sin. And it's amazing that people will trust people who are doing untrustworthy things. Or why do we trust people doing untrustworthy things? Why do we do that when we know better? So when we see this, we have to ask ourselves, okay, I need to take advantage of time. Is this how I want to spend this moment? I have this minute that I'm living in right now. Am I taking full advantage of that minute or that moment? See, is God revealing himself through you? It's either done through our strengths or through our weaknesses. He has the power, the strength, and the wisdom to work it all through, all together for our good. And so our God is a God of contradictions, not moral contradictions, though. I need to remind you of that. Otherwise, if he was not a God of contradictions, we'd probably all be dead. And so this is why we learn to love the giver, not just the gift. This is Cynthia Hyatt with Conversations with Cynthia. Join me in the next segment as we talk more about the paradox of time. Welcome back to Conversations with Cynthia. I'm Cynthia Hyatt, your host. And thank you so much for always tuning in and telling your friends and family about the show. And there's a lot of new things that I'm going to be doing, so I'm very excited about it. I'm hoping to get a YouTube channel soon, so that will make it easier as well to, to listen to some of what we're doing, as well as the radio, which is so fun for me to do, and, and it's really one of my favorite modems. And so I want to get back to this idea of the time paradox and what a paradox is. Think about uh, a Rubik's Cube. A Rubik's Cube is like a paradox. No matter how you work it, you can't really get it to line up exactly the way you want it. And so what we're thinking about here, when we are recognizing that we are bound by time, we are trapped in time, and we only have so much time. And God did not tell us how much time we have. So you weren't born with a little number on your belly telling the world when your last day was. So I want you to think about this when we consider the paradox of time and how you are living your own life. Because there is a difference between living and existing. And I found this great article by Steve Bloom. And this was really encouraging to me because he talks about, you know, you go through the day as if you can't change your life for the better. You know, everything has been decided for you and you have no choices what to do or what to say. Some days can feel like that. I, I get that. But many times it's too many aimlessly walking through life. And some days we feel like we have no control over anything. But we want to remind ourselves that drifting aimlessly through life is lonely. It's also a lot harder because you're not making any kind of actions that lighten your load. And so when we look at 
you know, things that we may look forward to. We don't know what's going on to ha- what's going to happen in the future. But people, we don't want people merely existing and just taking what life is bringing. See, we want to participate. It's almost like a dance. I mean, have you ever tried to dance with somebody that won't dance? <laughs> it's, it's annoying. It's frustrating. So it's this difference between living versus existing. And this biggest distinction between living and existing comes from how much control you have over your own life and your own decisions. So where do you see control coming from? Now, in general, someone who exists feels as if everything is outside of their control, while some people live determining the path that their life is going to take. Now, it may not be exactly what they envisioned, but they're the ones that are still what we would say steering the boat. So the biggest distinction between living and existing comes from how much control you have over your own life. And where do you see control coming from? Emotions have a big role to play in this. See, someone who exists lets emotions such as fear and anger dismay, um, you know, feeling forgotten, all these terrible, horrible feelings that they feel like it's outside of their control. While someone else that lives differently knows that they can determine the path their life takes. Now, that doesn't mean that there might be some bumps and trip ups along the way. But it's kind of like the difference between I'm in my car, am I actually driving it? Or am I pretending to drive it? Am I hoping that the car gets me where I need to go? Or am I actually steering the car? So we get to determine the path our life takes. We don't get to determine everything that comes our way on this path. But we are the ones that decide to show up every day in our own life. And so emotions have a big role to play in this. Someone who exists lets emotions such as fear and anger dictate what they can and can't do. Someone who's living, you know, that understands emotions, maybe tries to control them, and maybe doesn't let them interfere with all their decisions. And that would be like fear and anxiety and, and, you know, things like hatred towards someone that you have not let go of, because these things show up and affect our decision making. So someone who exists would would stay in the same dead-end job for years despite being unsatisfied and unhappy, and their fears have maybe trapped them, and they have no plans of getting out. They've just acquiesced. They've just accepted. They've lost hope and just mindlessly are going through the day in order to maintain the status quo. They've pretty much vacated their life. They're not taking ownership of their life. They're just like a little leaf in the stream, right? Just floating. So someone who exists will stay in the same dead-end job for years, despite being unsatisfied and happy and unhappy. See, their fears have trapped them, and now I I guess they don't have any plans for how to get out of it, or, or they gave up. Maybe they've lost hope and just mindlessly go through the day in order to maintain the status quo. Like, it, if it's not going to be better, then I might as well just accept what it is, and hope someday it gets better. And this is someone that has truly exited their own life. See, their body shows up, but they're not there. So someone else, what, who lets their fears control them, 
won't take other actions that would improve their life. They're too afraid to take a risk and think that, well, it probably won't change anything anyways, and so then if I try to do it and it doesn't work, then I'm going to be more disappointed. And so this is where we want to remind ourselves that these people have lost hope, and they just mindlessly go through the day in order to, I don't know, maintain the status quo, and they don't put really any effort into their life because they don't want to be disappointed anymore. And so think of this. It goes further than that. A job and a paycheck. Someone who lets fears control them won't take other actions that would actually improve their life. So they stay in relationships they don't like. They do things that they don't like. And the things they want to do, they just simply dream of. And so people who simply exist to do the same routine every day, you know, they, they don't really like it, but they don't take any chances on improving their life. I would rather you mess up, okay, and have a story about how you messed up than actually having no story. See, I have a lot of things that I have messed up. And it's helpful when I tell clients and my friends and family. and Because then, you know what, we find out that, hey, this is what the human condition is. People who simply exist to do the same boring routine every day, they don't like it. They don't, but they don't take any chances to improve their life. Just so they can maintain their current comfortable, I guess, comfortable lifestyle. And so this is because they're unable to take control of any decision. They abdicate. They just say, well, I hope it's going to be okay, or whatever happens, I guess it just happens, and I'll have to deal with it then. And so we want to think about how do I stop existing and actually start living? And a lot of what that means is you have to show up. You have to show up. You have to show up in your own life. And you need to be able to take some risks and recognize that, wow, the funnest stories are the ones that talk about how we screwed up and how we came out of it and what we learned from it. That's what living is about. So this is Conversations with Cynthia. Thank you again for joining in. We have another segment to go. So thank you also for telling your friends and family about the show, and I'll talk to you in the next segment. Well, welcome back. You're listening to Conversations with Cynthia. If you're just tuning in, I want to encourage you to go to my website, which is CynthiaHyatt.com. And my name is actually phonetically perfect. It's Cynthia Hyatt. <laughs> so it's easier to remember that way. So I want you to, to really um, take in some of what this today's show is about, because What we do know is that the greatest tragedy is someone who has died but has never really lived. And what a waste of a life that would be. And, And we don't want to do that. See, what we find is that God has locked us in time. That is the paradox of time, is that we can speed up and slow down, but time is always going the same way. And then there will be a day where time stops. And this is where we want to think about, hey, how am I taking advantage of time? See, that is the greatest tragedy, if, if somebody died and but really never lived. So it's a grave shame if you were to die without truly living. 
So I don't want you to judge your mom and dad or your friends or whoever. You know, if they could do better, they would have. I have found that if a person could do better, they would. I mean, really, truly, why wouldn't we do better if we could? So on the other hand, there are ways that we could have been better. And so your parents maybe are educated people. Maybe you've come to believe that they could have done better, but they didn't. So what you want to think about is this doesn't mean we lower our standard because their best may not have been great. It means that we hold to the standard. So what should have happened? What could they have done? And we forgive what wasn't there, what didn't happen. That doesn't mean I'm saying it's okay. It means I can also take advantage of it and learn from it. So ask yourself, are you being honorable to yourself? You can't cover a sin if you're in denial of it, right? It's like, it's going to show up. And so this is why it's amazing that people will trust people who are doing untrustworthy things. Or why do we trust people doing untrustworthy things? And I want to ask you, is God revealing himself through you? It's either done through our strengths or done through our weaknesses. He has the power, the strength, and the wisdom to work through all of it. So our God is a God of contradictions. Not moral ones, but relational ones. Otherwise, truly, we'd all be dead. So I want you to think about this. Do you love the gift more than the giver? Are you wanting what God can give you more than you want God? Everyone is born as one person, lives many lives, but dies as a soul person. So this is where we want to really consider what a tragedy it would be if I abdicated my own life. And see, I don't want you to listen to this show and then start beating yourself up. I want you to say, if you're still here and you're listening to the show, you still have time. And I want you to take advantage of time. And so time is really the most important thing that you own. And, you know, contrary to popular belief, you don't come into the world with nothing but your naked self, right? You actually already are in possession of one of the most important gifts, that is time. See, when, once you are born, the clock starts. So I like to imagine time as if you were given a certain amount of tickets at birth. So at the end of each day, you hand in one of your tickets until they're all gone, and at that point, your life is over. Okay. I kind of like how he, his name is Steve Bloom. That's how he kind of explains it. But time is something you own. And that is so important for you to really take in. Time is something you own. It's your time. Now, you may be having time at the same time somebody else is having time, but your time is your time. And when it comes down to it, most people probably don't think of time as something they own. But in reality, you probably already make that association. There is a common expression to say you're spending your time doing something. This implies that it is something you have. So thinking of time as something you own is useful. Would you find it easy to waste something if you knew you owned it? Making the ticket analogy maybe helps. You know, imagining a stack of tickets and they shrink day after day. It reminds me to be careful of how I spend my time. 
it encourages me to take as much action as possible before all those days are gone. And I can look back on many instances when I wasted time. And I wanted to cover it by saying I'm resting or, you know, kind of needed a break or whatever it was. And maybe that's true. But instead of spending time watching useless television programs, right, or horrible movies, I could have been out meeting people. This is Cynthia Hyatt with Conversations with Cynthia. Join me in the next segment, our last segment, as we talk more about time. It's the most important thing you own. Welcome back. You're listening to Conversations with Cynthia. Thank you so much for joining in today. And also, as usual, I'm very grateful for you telling your friends and family about the show because I want people to be the best version of who they are, who God truly designed them to be so that they can enjoy themselves in the way that they may enjoy other people. You know, because many times we might covet what other people have And we don't even recognize that maybe they wish they could be who we are. So I want you to really learn from this what the paradox of time is trying to teach you. I want you to discover what it's trying to teach you. So if you missed the lesson, you'll need to repeat it. It's like in school. You can't move to the next grade until you complete what it's trying to teach you. So each lesson takes you to the next level of learning, of achievement, of mastery. So if you don't learn the skills of the level you're on, you're destined to repeat it. Remember, you know, think about the kids that had to repeat a grade and how embarrassed they were, right? So think about this, the hallmark of a fool. He never hears and continues trickeries, which are his folly. The hallmark of a fool is he never hears. He's so caught up in his own world, his own way of doing things, his own way of thinking, that he repeats his folly over and over again until the point that he only can blame other people because he can't stand to think of the folly that he is falling into. So think about that and why that would be so important, that we don't want your life to be tragic. So we want to think about when we're, when we're really looking at ourselves, when we're really looking to see if we can be honorable people. And one of the things we have to recognize is that we can't really necessarily <laughs> judge other people. And when I remind myself of that and others, I say, you know, I can judge their behaviors. I can judge their language. I can judge the way they dress if I want to. But I'm not inside their body and their mind and their soul and their spirit. So I can't really judge them. I can't walk in their shoes. So it's amazing to me that people will trust people who are doing untrustworthy things. That that is astonishing to me. So why do we trust people that are doing untrustworthy things? Well, maybe it seems easier. Maybe it's less work. So I want you to ask yourself, is God revealing himself through you? It's either done through our strengths or through our weaknesses. See, he has the power, the strength, and the wisdom to work through all, either or none, of what we have. But our God is a God of contradictions, not moral ones, but relational ones. 
Because if he weren't a god of relationship contradictions, we'd all be dead. Who could stand it? Who could stand it, right? So I want you to ask yourself, do you love the gift more than the giver? So are you more interested in what God can do for you than what you can do for him? Everyone is born as one person who lives many lives, but always dies as a soul person. So I want you to really think about this life. It is temporary, and it is a phenomenal, phenomenal gift. And this is why we need to make sure that we are honoring the gift. So let's go back and think about this again. In earlier times, time paced us. Now we can move faster and multitask at a rate that is not even human. How does this affect our psyche? We are seemingly not bound by time. But here's the deal. What this causes people to do is dissociate. And if you've ever seen someone dissociating in front of you, their body's there, but they're not. They've already gone. They're already done. They're through it. And so this is hard on the psyche because we can't attach to anything. And it means that we are in it for the wrong reasons. And so now our minds are so far into the future that many times we don't even know the moment we are in. For our predecessors, time bound them because the human pace is three miles an hour. So they were, quote unquote, bound by time. We no longer face this paradox the way our predecessors did. See, back in those days, the sun went down. There's very little you could do but enjoy the day's work and rest for tomorrow. Today, we are so far ahead of the day. We are in many, in many times we miss the day we just endured and use the evening and the night to plan for the next day or year. And we forgot what we even did on that day. Now, I don't know about you, but I have said to my um, assistant sometimes, what day am I on right now? <laughs> because this is what happens when, when we are not intended, when we are not bound by time. See, it used to be we were bound by time. They waited for the sun to rise. They waited for the sun to set. But we no longer face the paradox that our predecessors did. When the sun went down, there was little they could do. So oftentimes, like I said, we don't even know what day we're in. And I have been very culpable with that. And I have said to myself, okay, what day am I, what day am I in right now? What's the day? And I'll have to go look at my calendar. And so we have only memory of time. And that keeps us moving forward. It keeps giving us more memories and more experiences, more opportunities to learn. But we must be as honest as possible regarding time in order to be able to truly honor the journey it's on while we travel with time. It may be on its own journey as well. But now time gives us the impression that we can speed it up, slow it down, or actually stop it. The reality is we have no control over time. We can only respect time. We can't make it go faster. We can't make it go slower. We can't even go back and redo a moment in time. Whether we respect it or disrespect it, it is on its own journey. It's on its own time. And we are arrogant to think that we could control time. What we want to do is see time as a precious gift that isn't going on forever. 
And we want to do the things that need to be done in time. Now, for me, I fight time. I do. Instead of taking advantage of it and letting it pace me and letting it be on my side and not against me. See, time has its own calling, its own journey. And it is kind enough to let us piggyback on it versus resisting our own inertia. Remember this very important idea. Time gives me time. It doesn't want me to miss out on anything. It's like being a passenger in a car. I just relax and enjoy the ride. That's how I can really take advantage of time. Because there may be some stops. There may be some long stops as I'm journeying on that particular part of time. But, at time, but time doesn't want me to miss out. It's like being a passenger in a car. I just want you to relax and enjoy the ride. That doesn't mean that you are not taking advantage of it. It means that you have no control over it. You either fit into it or you fight it. So we want to make sure that we're taking advantage of time in a way that is healthy for us. So time, remember, is the most important thing that you own. And you don't come into the world with nothing but your naked self. You actually already possess many gifts. And one of them is time. Now, we're not told how much time we have. But I like to imagine time as if it were given an amount of tickets at birth. You know, when I talked about this in the very beginning of the session, it's like you have this many tickets, and when the tickets are done, the ride is over. So time is something you own. So when it comes down to it, most people don't think of time as something they own. They actually see it as something to resist and somehow think it's not our friend. But time is on a journey, and it's willing to let us tag along with it so that we don't have to create all of our own inertia as we are traveling through time, because it can be exhausting. So let's think about wasting time. I look back on too many instances when I wasted time. You know, instead of spending time, you know, like instead of like spending time doing something helpful to myself, to somebody else that that maybe that experience would even last for weeks after the, the experience occurred. Or I just let time do its thing and I just sit there and hope that it does something. So if we think about time as being useful, and, and I want you to say to yourself, would you find it easy to waste something if you knew you owned it? Think about that. If I owned time, would I really be sloppy with it? Would I ignore it? No, I would capitalize on it. I would take advantage of its energy that I didn't have to create. And so when we're thinking of this, I want you to ask yourself, what, what, what do you find easy to waste? And so if you have time, what is the easiest way that you waste time? And a lot of us, it would be with different types of proclivities, right? We'd watch too much TV. We would eat the wrong things. We would just zone out on a TV show that we don't even like. And so this is the stuff we want to be thinking about. Time is something you own, and it is useful. And I want you to find how to use time in a way 
that helps your life and in the process helps the lives of the people that you love. So I look back on too many instances where I wasted time. And I spent watching stupid television shows. Um, I ate too many, you know, bags of popcorn. What pretzels are my favorite thing, right? So I can do those things without even thinking. So I can see how unimportant some of these things are in my life that I have done, that I have misused time, and I have actually disrespected time. So I'm glad that you listened today, and I want you to really hone in on this and see what God has to show you about time, and that time is your best friend. Time paces us. Time waits for us. Time is showing us the next steps. So I want you to really take advantage of time and not have time be an enemy to you somehow. Because there will come a day when there is no time. We will just be timeless. But that's not today. So I want you to think about this and see how you're spending time. Nobody tells us how much time we have. And it's probably a very, very good idea that God does not tell me how much time I have because I probably would do worse with it than I've already done with time. So I want you to think about time as being the most important thing you own. And God has given you time. And I want you to take advantage of it. Because this is one of the coolest things you could ever have. And when you learn to work with time instead of against time, if you learn to love time instead of hate time, you'll be amazed at how different your life feels and how much better you feel in your own life. So I'm so grateful that you spent time with me today. <laughs> so have a great week, and I look forward to talking with you next week. We hope this past hour has been encouraging, motivating, and inspiring to you. The messages and teachings shared during the show are given as a way to reach you, the listener, with ideas and insights on how you may not only improve your life, but have more successful and meaningful relationships as you become the best version of you. Cynthia is available as a keynote speaker or guest speaker for your corporate or spiritual events. Cynthia is able to customize a message for any audience attending a meeting, retreat, or conference. In addition to this, she oftentimes partners her messages with music as she is a singer and musician. Please contact her through her website at CynthiaHyatt.com. If you missed any part of this program, you can download the most current show from her website at CynthiaHyatt.com or hear a replay on your favorite podcast server. Please take a moment to visit her Facebook page at Cynthia Hyatt Incorporated and leave your ideas and comments about today's show. Now, be your own best version. Be my heart mender, my soul tender, the keeper of my life. 
three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.